regulators. We regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steel, if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warren G was on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the E so I could get some phones. Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 158 of Justified Pursuit. Riding shotgun is always the good counselor, Chisholm Cook, who uh, I was just in deer camp with. One of the couple times a year we actually get to hang out in person, but uh, good times as always. Sure was. Great shot by your boy. Yeah, um, yeah it was fun. Quick, uh, awfully long haul for out. you. Do what? Awfully long haul for you for like 36 hours at deer camp. <laughs> That's worth it though, dude. Like good. I said, we don't get to hang out as much as we yeah. should, although we talk multiple times a week and then do this. Um, yeah, I don't think we... I don't think we talk on the phone as much as we used to because we do this, though. Right. Like, we usually this is text. Basically, we text daily everybody, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody who's listening basically just gets to listen to Cable and Chisholm catching up. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, you, uh, you got Henry on uh, a nice eight point. And uh, we, like you said, it was a short trip. It was only going to be four hunts. So Friday afternoon, or well, no. It was Wednesday afternoon. I got there. So we did Wednesday afternoon, hunted all day Thursday, and then it was going to be Friday morning hunt. And then that wind, dude, it literally, before we got there, had picked up your table off your patio and redeposited it on the cement and shattered all the glass on the patio. Uh, so Henry got to clean up the glass as part of his uh, chores for getting to shoot a buck. <laughs> Much appreciated. Yeah. Thanks, Hank. But, uh, so we had a, a little bit bigger buck on the table as far as green lighted, uh, but that wind was going to be whipping like 30 to 40 miles an hour Friday morning. So this other deer walked out and you're like, shoot it. If at six o'clock, nothing bigger has come out. And like at six, oh, I don't know, three or four, you're like, just making sure you remember you can shoot that deer. You text me. And I was like, well, he's dead. So good. <laughs> I bet it was. Literally, he was probably lined up, and when the the clock hit six, y'all were firing away. Oh yeah, yeah, he was stoked, dude. Super stoked. Um, good times, and then got to go over and meet one of your neighbors who follows. Uh, we follow each other on my other real business page. Uh, they had a pretty cool ranch, and they grow some big deer over there. So that was cool too. Get to go over there and hang out and meet Marco over at Las Raices Ranch. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, again, I really appreciated the opportunity to go do that. I'll say, I thought about this afterward. I mean, they've definitely had some deer that are way bigger than our best. But, you know, if you look at the half a dozen deer that that we've had, maybe seven now, um, only four of which we've harvested, seven or eight, I guess, four of which we've we've taken, I think we're in pretty good place. Oh, for sure. You know, it was interesting. Like right at the end there, I was showing him the old Chaco buck that I think the mountain lion ate. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, oh, that's a 170-inch deer, which for those who aren't familiar with that story, this is a deer that had eight points growing off of his head, technically, as far as like mainframe eight with a bunch of extra trash and stuff. 170-inch eight point is a Ugh. monster. 
But I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of always thought he was in the 160s. And he goes, well, I'm, I'm kind of cheating because, and this is the case in all of the commercial, you know, outfitted deer world is that they, which I think they kind of, kind of job people a little bit right there a 170 from a pricing standpoint is a 165 to 175 mm. right uh, so that's what he was looking at he was like well i was thinking you know in terms of how we would score it into my buckets it would i'm pretty sure he'd go 165 right mm. so therefore he's a quote 170 class um yeah we've had a bunch of those yeah if you if that's where you put your line right only one that yeah. actually taped out over 170 but genetics about... nutrition and a good management plan you know right. killing the right deer and yeah check, check, check. it's only getting better um and then from there we went straight to austin uh for henry's soccer tournament or round rock and then you were in round rock for a volleyball tournament for your second child so yep uh the difference was is yours was indoors what a scam yep. this was dude so they knew what the weather was going to be like, right? It didn't change. Here's the weather forecast. The tournament was supposed to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Our first game was on Saturday. The final was going to be Monday. So like on Thursday, they're like, we're moving the finals up to Sunday. The tournament will be finished on Sunday. So we play our two games on Saturday. And then Sunday morning, we're up. All the kids are in the hotel lobby eating the continental breakfast. And they're like, oh, they canceled the tournament. Well, the temperature was what the temperature said it was going to be. It was like in the teens with the wind chill. And then, but they wanted to get 50% of the games played so they didn't have to refund anybody's money. It was like they knew the whole time what they were going to do, right? It was just a racket. And I'm, yeah. You know what's, sounds... what's, what's worse for kids running around in 105 degree heat in the summer than being a little bit cold? Like I've never heard of outdoor sports being canceled because it's too cold. Give me a break. Yeah. We're real soft in Texas when it comes to it. Cold, dude. Yeah. Up, up here in Comal ISD, shut down the school yesterday. There was no ice. <laughs> it was just cold. There was no ice anywhere. They did it the same in Dallas and Fort Worth, and, and the reason why is because they said they didn't want kids to have to stand at the bus stop. That's what they said. Nobody has jackets in Texas because it's never cold. It's ridiculous, <laughs> dude. Yeah, it's ridiculous. PTSD from the 2021 storm. Still, we're experiencing. But uh, yeah. at least. Most businesses stayed open that I noticed. Like they, they weren't like we're closed today because it's too cold. Yeah, no ice on the roads. Get over it. Real quick, we need to do a correction from last week's show. Listener Mickey, who if we ever made any money off the show, would be a good producer for us. Uh, he caught a egregious, I guess, lack of reporting on my end. The Raven Simone clip I played from her conversation with Oprah was from 2013. It was resurfaced because of an article I had read then, and but you know I didn't realize that it was an old clip. But that being said, thank well, thank you, Mickey. So retraction there. I'm not. I'm. I'm glad we brought it up because you you made this point when we were at Deer Camp. So well, could she even say African American in 2024? Because now it's just black, right? And that's the new with a, cap, with a capital B. I see, and I didn't even know that. So now that's true. Weird. So if y'all ever, anybody who's ever, who hasn't noticed yet, when you read an article in a news outlet, doesn't matter, Fox News, CNN, MSN, doesn't matter. Someone is being referred to as a black person. The B will be capitalized. Always. What about no matter where it falls in the Senate. Chisholm Cook, who's white. Will the W be capitalized? No. Why? W, because the AP style guide the associated press's style guide which all major news outlets use 
has decided since the George Floyd summer that the word black in description of a person is a capital B. Hmm. And that's the only one that gets that. Interesting. So I don't know. So somehow that's Ra- somehow that Raven somehow was, that's uh, like correcting slavery or something. Like she that. was right. She is an African American because they don't even use that anymore. So she was right all along. Yeah, I mean they don't really use it anymore. <laughs> like it's, it's not used to me. Uh, oh. By they, I mean the people who publish things and talk about things. Like it's not that common anymore. That's not the preferred nomenclature, from what I can hmm. tell. That is interesting. Um, where should we? Uh, I know where we should start, dude. We got to start with Fannie Willis, don't we? Um, yeah, I guess we barely covered it because it popped up literally like while we were talking last week, I think, right? So, yeah, I'll let you provide the, the backstory on uh, who she is and why it matters. We did talk about it, right? Or did we talk about that? We did, dude. It was after the call, it. it popped yeah. up like after the call, it was literally that right after. Her. Yeah, we had just finished. Okay. Yeah, so Fanny, uh Fanny Willis is the district attorney in Fulton She's black, County. She's black, by the way. Capital B. Mm-hmm. In Ful- Fulton County, Georgia, which is where Atlanta is. Um who actually ran much like Letitia James, the attorney general in New York. She ran um I guess in the 22 election, I'd have to look. Maybe it was 2020. On prosecuting Donald Trump uh, and taking him out, um, ran against a, an incumbent who'd been the DA for like 18 years, claiming corruption. She worked for him as a prosecutor and then went after him claiming corruption and I think racism, racist corruption, something. Hmm. Um, so she gets elected to the district attorney's office and I would argue got tasked by the powers that be in the democratic slash deep state community with uh, going after Donald Trump for his attempts to overturn the Georgia results in the 2020 election. Which were a fraud, by the way. There's no doubt in my mind he won Georgia. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind he won the election (laughs) Uh, anymore. We used to qualify all that and be like, I mean, there's no doubt in at all there's no denying because it's all basically been a cop to that they manipulated the information the hunter biden stuff and blah 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 right like they they knew that the hunter biden laptop was real yet 51 former intelligence agents all signed off on some bs letter claiming it was quote russian disinformation in america we used to caveat those when we would claim maybe he won't we used to say well you know either way they use their powers of uh, manipulating social media to manipulate the election. they did that for sure right we and used they to say used... that. now we don't even now i'm not even saying that anymore they stole it and and i'm going to take it a step further and, and with the thing that trump released what 10 days ago uh on the same day as the epstein nothing burger uh yeah dude all of that's it's blatantly obvious they 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 manipulated the votes they didn't just use social media they stole votes dead people voted it's there's a there's in that thing that Trump released, there's a chronological list of these massive vote dumps where, of course, in each one of them, in all of these swing states, they all go for Biden. Dude, they stole it 100 percent. No doubt in my mind. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's there's two undeniable ways that the election was rigged. You don't even have to really rely on fake votes. 
right? They lied to the public egregiously, right? About about information that basically proves that Joe Biden's been on the take um, and is doing the bidding of, for example, Ukraine is the best example. And then in five swing states, they changed in five swing states. They bypassed state law to set up mail-in ballot harvesting operations. Even if every one of those mail-in ballots were cast by an actual human, in Georgia in particular, it's not denied because they've admitted they did this. They didn't require any signature verification despite the law requiring it, right? Flaws in the ballot that would otherwise have the ballot cast out, they said, no, we're still counting. We need to take a a page out of France's playbook and just say, you have to vote in person. Every other democracy. This is insane, right? Like, <laughs> no, it's just totally rigged. Dude, yes. the, the percentage of but, rejected. Wait, black people okay. are too stupid and too much of simpletons to actually go vote for themselves. That's the, the, how racist are you, Democrats? In, in every other election in American history, the number of mail, the percentage of mail in ballots was in single digits, right? In terms of the overall election, it was seven or something. In this one, it was like 50%, 60 maybe. In every other election of that five, six, seven percent that were mail-in ballots, the rejection rate was twenty-five to thirty percent because of flaws with things like signatures and whatnot. And if I'm not mistaken, in Georgia in particular, the rejection rate rate was two percent. So they had something like eight times more mail-in ballots than we've ever had, and yet, you know, a, a fraction, uh, you know. A, 10% of the number of rejections or whatever. The bad thing is, dude, anyway. is COVID has given them this crutch to repeat, rinse and repeat, and do do it all over again. On the, In the name mm. of COVID, we have to do... Well, okay, well, COVID's gone. No, it's not going to be COVID. It's going to be, it's gonna be uh, Contagion X. But we were way far afield from Fanny Willis now at this point. Yeah, back to let's Fanny. Get back. So <clears throat> she gets tasked, I would argue, by, again, the deep state slash Democratic Party to... Go after Donald Trump and his uh, team who had worked to specifically impanel alternate electors to try to thwart the the Georgia vote, right? And was arguing that there were there was fraud and all this stuff. So they impaneled a special grand jury. And the special grand jury issued 19 indictments, one to Trump and 18 more to his, quote, co-conspirators conspirators under a RICO case, which is basically racketeering. RICO was the laws that were created to prosecute the mob for organized crime. Um, it's a federal statute. Every state has adopted its own version of it. Georgia has their own version of it. They made some tweaks from what I gather, it's the only state in the union that could possibly allow a RICO case on these facts. It's never been attempted. It's never been. It, this is a case of first impression by def, like truest that you've ever seen. Very shaky grounds. Fanny hired a gentleman named Nathan Wade mm-hmm. to be the lead prosecutor on the case. When I say hired, you know, she's the district attorney. She has a staff of prosecutors. But she farmed out this case to a private attorney named Nathan Wade. Hmm. Mr. Wade, interestingly, has never prosecuted a felony of any type. Never had any role. So he's a rookie biatch. 
a rookie in this sense, for sure. He's an experienced lawyer. He was actually like a municipal judge for a while dealing with like traffic citations and it's like basic misdemeanors. Hmm. Um, he has done some prosecution work, um, but again, nothing at the felony level and certainly zero experience with RICO cases. Yet he's assigned by Fannie to be the lead prosecutor, contracted outside counsel on the biggest criminal case probably in American history where they're going after a former president criminally, which has never happened before. Um, she also totally incidentally separate of what's going on in New York with the, 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 um, his real estate deal. Letitia. Yeah. Clinton well, go after him. This is totally different. Right. And I think that's, a, that's actually a fraud case. So it's not even criminal, right? He's got, he's got a criminal case in New York which is based on his payment of hush money to Stormy Daniels, where Alvin Bragg is claiming he violated uh, federal campaign um, finance laws, which the state of New York has no jurisdiction to try. That case is he did, he is not even a trying case where they're going after his, his company. That's a fraud case. So that's a right. civil case. I heard I saw right? Kevin O'Leary, who's on Shark Tank, Mr. Wonderful, talking about that on CNN, I believe, this week. I don't want to play the clip. It's two minutes long. But he basically said, this is such a sham. And and right. the CNN people were like, they, they didn't want to hear this. But he was like, you would have to charge every investor in real estate, in big time commercial real estate, you'd have to charge them all. He said, this is, yeah. every every one of us does this. And it's not illegal. So yep. it's a sham. He was like, and nobody, dude, the, the, the banks, the, okay. In that one, they claim he committed fraud by overvaluing specifically Mar-a-Lago mm. when most people look in and say he claimed it was worth 15 million it might be worth 80 so he probably undervalued it but either way so he supposedly overvalued Mar-a-Lago in getting lending from banks and the bankers took the stand and said we're good Mr. Trump we, we charged him interest he paid his bills we made our money no harm, no foul. We don't really care what it's worth. It was adequate backing for the loan he took, and he paid all of his bills and paid the loan back in full. And Letitia James's argument is, so what? Nobody has to have been hurt by it. He profited, wrongfully profited from it, and now she wants $350 million from the Trump organization right. and damages for no one having been hurt by anything that case is a, they're not going to win it's a fraud it, oh it they're going to they're probably going to win i don't even think it's a jury trial the judge has already proven that he has zero scruples he's absolutely out to get donald trump he's literally like posing for photographs it'll get overturned on appeals maybe right. having to go all the way to the supreme court but you know that's a two-year process mm -hmm. anyway again back to back to fanny so there's just so many tentacles to all this stuff of trump being dragged into these court battles yeah, dude, we're in the worst. Yeah. So, so she, she, she assigns Nathan Wade, who has zero, zero felony prosecutorial, um, um, rookie bitch experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The day after she signs a contract with Nathan Wade to pay him something like $500 an hour to try a case, uh, that he has no clue about how to handle, he files for divorce. You may say, who cares? Well, uh, last Monday, one of the defendants in this case, 
um, who had been part of the alleged RICO conspiracy to overthrow the Georgia results. Uh, his attorney filed a motion to dismiss the case because she claims to have evidence that Miss Willis and Mr. Wade have been having an affair for the last Ooh. two years during the entire course of this matter. She claims to have reviewed the divorce proceeding filings in Mr. Wade's divorce case before they were sealed by the judge, which is not typical. There was no explanation as to why these this ongoing divorce proceeding had been sealed from the public, but it had been. Wonder why. Maybe there's something about Miss Willis in it. But she had reviewed it prior to it being sealed. She has the documents, but she's sitting on them, refusing to release them publicly until a court order re removes the sealing of the... So she's trying to, you know, not break the law in that regard. She also claims to have the testimony of a multitude of close personal friends and colleagues of both of these people who will testify that, yes, not only have they been having an affair, but during the last two years, while she... Fanny Willis was paying Mr. Wade as much as $640,000 for less than two years of legal services. He took her to Napa on a vacation, to Same. Jamaica on a vacation, and on, an, I think, it, two different cruises. He's, wow. Can you still hear me? You froze for oh, a yeah. sec. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So at least, like I think, like four uh, alleged so vacations. vacation boning. Lavish, huge vacations that they've gone on together. Hmm. Um. She's paying him for the D. Most interestingly, and this is, I don't know if I've shared this with you yet, but the I'll guy, joke. it's fine. You don't have to. The guy who, who brought these, this, this allegation to light, whose attorney brought this allegation to light of the 19 people that are being, um, charged with this Rico case, the special grand jury that was impaneled to make a recommendation on whether or not to prosecute these people. He was the one out of 19 they recommended not be brought up on charges. Fanny and Nathan chose to prosecute him anyway, even though the grand jury recommended otherwise. And he's the one who's like, hey, look what I found. Now, I would, my conspiracy mind believes that Trump's whole team's known about this the whole time. Yeah. I really believe they've, I think all of them have known about all of this for at least a year now, and they've just been waiting for this exact moment, the beginning of election year, to drop this nuclear bomb while also giving those people more and more room to hang themselves. Hey, y'all keep going on vacation together, et cetera, et cetera. They have now um, gotten, probably through Public Information Act request, Mr. Wade's billing really records. I conspiracy, by the way, Chisholm. Like, I, I feel like, and I never would have imagined this to be true until the, the Russian collusion deal with Hillary, but Trump's got to have you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. He's got to have eyes all over the place. Like I agree yeah, with you 100%. They had to know about this. Yeah. And that's why, but I, and that, to me, I think it, I think it's born, it's proven by the person they chose to drop this bomb. Hmm. Right. The one guy who the grand jury was like, nah, we don't think he should be charged. He's the one that gets to, you know, crank this thing into the upper deck. Yeah. That's yeah. It's it's too cute by half, right? Like it, it's obvious to me what they're up to. So, <clears throat> so there's a motion to dismiss. 
took a full week for either Fanny or Nathan to acknowledge any of this was even happening. Oh, but by the way, during the course of that week of radio silence, uh, Mrs. Wade, Mr. Wade's soon-to-be ex-wife, who's mm-hmm. still in the midst of this divorce with Mr. Wade, her lawyer subpoenas Fanny Willis in the divorce proceedings. So now Miss Willis has to testify mm-hmm. in the divorce proceedings of the man she's alleged to have had an affair with who she chose to be the special prosecutor of this case for which he had no credentials. His billing records have been made public. And did you know that there's a day where Mr. Wade charged 24 hours of time to Fulton County at $500 a day? An hour? He put, it, he put in a 24-hour day of work. On, probably on vacation, giving her the D. No, no, no. Even better. If I'm not mistaken, that particular day, he was in Washington, D.C. meeting with the White House counsel about this case. He also charged time to the White House counsel's office. The White House has been paying this mother effort for this case. And they're like, oh, yeah, he was just there doing due diligence, doing uh, research on, on, on the case, right? Charging the federal charging the 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 white house controlled by the democratic party time spent investigating this alleged state crime um what else am i missing so oh you're missing her comments when she finally did right. speak so then on me, sunday let me read she finally speaks you. 6 days 6 yeah, days hey, after this this news breaks are you going to play her it? comment <laughs> Quote from Fanny Willis. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. With that kind of support, we will move mountains and do Jesus' will. Yeah, you really seem like a Jesus freak to me, lady. You're all about Jesus. So let me throw in a little fake Christianity and also, oh, here's my trump card. I'm a black woman. I'm so, not going to question her for Christianity. All, all people will sin right well um, maybe she needs grace for that but it doesn't seem to be bearing fruit it doesn't have anything to do with um, your skin color she's uh, clearly why horribly not just corrupt. say you cannot expect people to be perfect why does it have to be black women oh uh, they have like a total that because we're black once again because we're black we're the victim but no you're, you're no i mean that's just the tip of the iceberg so power so, so this was she was invited to give, I guess, like the sermon at uh, an AME uh, church in Atlanta, which is uh, African Methodist Episcopal, right? A black church in Atlanta. Wait, 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 by wait, the wait, bishop. Wait. Oh, I, I just have to point out. So you're saying there's black Christians? You're saying that? Yeah. What are you talking about? Okay. Well, just t- keep that in mind when I play this Joy Reed clip here in a minute. Continue. Oh, about Iowa. Continue. Yeah, I mean, tangential, but anyway. So so I guess she's giving the sermon, and in the sermon, that's just one of about four different times in the her quote sermon where she acknowledges, I'm a flawed person. I've made huge mistakes. She all but admitted she did not address directly the fact that she's being alleged to have had an affair with this guy. And right? rampant in, corruption that's to the contrary. with that affair? To the contrary, she acknowledges repeatedly that she's made dr- dramatic or stiff mistakes and she's a, f- a flawed lady, right? She, so has she to seems lose to her have job. Doesn't don't you think she loses her job over this? Yeah, dude. Um, but then they'll say, "Oh, oh, just like they did with Claudine Gay. Oh man, look what they did to this poor black lady. 
Well, well, so that's the real kicker, right? Is she she spent the time defending that Mr. Wade is a great attorney. And then she pointed out to the congregation, I think before the comment you just read, read that clearly this is racism because, you know, she hired two other special prosecutors to team with him who were both white. Nobody gives a damn about them. Mm -hmm. And she actually claimed that she's paying them all the same when, in fact, the record reflects that the one. So one of those two other people is a RICO expert. So the, the lady she appointed has is has like tried like felony cases at the appellate level. So she's qualified. The dude, the white dude she appointed is a RICO expert. The elite. In fact, he helped write the state of Georgia's RICO statutes. So undeniable, he was qualified, right? That guy who helped write the statutes, she's paying $100 less an hour than Mr. Wade. <laughs> yeah. But she claimed in the sermon that she's paying them all the same mm-hmm. and that it's clearly racism that they decided to pick on the one black guy out of the group, yet didn't deny the fact that she was stooping him. Mm-hmm. So much like it's racist to point out when the president of Harvard, to your point, is guilty of plagiary, plagiarism, apparently it's racist to point out when a lady is having an affair with a person she's paying out of state funds to wrongfully charge 19 people with crimes uh, and then getting kickbacks in the form of lavish vacations from him. That's racist, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to play well. And in fact, the news is really not on her side, which is pretty shocking. Like, there's this weird thing going on right now. It seems like they're already... Maybe they know they're going to lose this case. Maybe they know it's... I, have you noticed, like, have you read any articles about it, that she's not getting any sympathy? No. She's like not. anywhere, not even from the New York Times, not from the Washington Post, not from CNN. Like she's, they're all kind of like, oh, yep, this is bad. But you'd <laughs> think that they would still try to spin it and they're not, which I don't know what their angle is yet, but something's up. Yeah. Okay. So um, there's the latest on that. Meanwhile, yeah. Trump just routed the Iowa caucus. Vivek uh, said, okay, I'm out. I'm done. I'm going to support Trump. Trump was very thankful and said, this guy's going to be working with us for a long time. So mm-hmm. that's cool. I like that. Yeah, well, and the big kicker there, right, is that he's he's getting anywhere from 4 to 8 9% in most of these states. He got almost 8% of the Iowa vote. Well, you know damn good and well that if Vivek's not on the list, all those votes go to Trump. Mm-hmm. Damn near all those votes go to Trump. So that would have put him at almost 60% of the Iowa caucus's vote if Vivek hadn't been running. Which, to so your let's, point, 51% was already a domination. So, yeah, I mean, even CNN called it, it like so super early. 30 minutes it was, in. It was a route. It was done. Trump's the dude. Um, here is MSNBC trying to be the arbiter, claiming like they're this saintly arbiter of truth. Here's Rachel Maddow on commenting on uh, why they're not going to air President Trump's victory speech. This just for a second. Um, at this point in the evening, the projected winner of the Iowa caucuses um, has just started giving his victory speech. Uh, we will keep an eye on that as it happens. Uh, we will let you know if there's any news made in that speech, if there's anything noteworthy, something substantive and important. Um, the reason I'm saying this is 
of course, there is a reason that we and other news organizations have generally stopped giving an unfiltered live platform to remarks by former President Trump. It is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that we regularly revisit. Um, and honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision. But there is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. That is the fundamental truth of our business and who we are. And so his remarks tonight will not air here live. We will monitor them um, and let you know about any news that he makes. You know what? She's Can right. Can you believe the irony she, there? I mean, you have to be fair. She's right. There is a cost to, NB, to MSNBC for knowingly broadcasting untrue things. That cost is the reason they don't have any listeners or any right. viewers. Nobody because watches their crap program because that's all they do. Is untrue, right? I mean, I wish that we had it, but, but the super cuts of her lies about the vaccine and about Russian collusion mm. and on and on and on, dude. That woman. She sits there she's on a her joke. Platform I'm kind of disappointed to... you played it. Like yeah. all of my podcasts yesterday were all like a bunch of my podcasts. The headline would be like, you know, MSNBC and Rachel Maddow implode after Iowa results. And I was like, I'm not even going to listen because I don't give a damn what that lying nut job has to say about anything. She's full of crap. I know, but just they're not the going to play what he says because he's going to speak the truth. The audacity to sit there and say, we're the uh, grand jury of truth, but you sit on a bed of lies. I mean, it's. Yeah, well, again, that's why they don't. That's why nobody cares. They're the worst-rated so, cable news show. Back to okay. Well, let's go over to. Uh, oh wait, this is also MSNBC. Uh, this is. Joy Did you know Reed. that CNN's ratings last month were the lowest they've been since like 1992? They need Trump. <laughs> yeah, the ratings back. All right, here's Joy Reid on the Iowa. Oh my Congress. God! Going why are we doing this? There's so many more important things to talk about. Christians. Because I think it's important. I feel like the, the important sort of data point, and, and you know, Steve talks about it a lot. He's he's going to probably talk about it a little more tonight. Is that these these are white Christians? That this is a state that is overrepresented overrepresented by white Christians that are going to participate in these tonight. caucuses, yes. especially tonight. Um, I today earlier today reached out to Robert Jones, Robbie Jones um, from the Public Religion Research Institute, knowing that we were going to talk about Iowa, and this is a hyper evangelical st white state. And he said the following to hyper. me: Iowa is about sixty one percent white Christian. The country as a whole is approximately forty one percent white Christian, and in Iowa we're talking about evangelical white Christians. And he said the following. Because I asked him, what do they get out of supporting Donald Trump? Because he keeps losing, he keeps delivering losses and losses and losses. And he said the following, they see themselves losses, as losses, the rightful inheritors of this country. And Trump has promised to give it yeah. back to them. All the things that we think about, about electability, about, you know, what are people gaming out or mm -hmm. none of that matters when you believe that God has given you this country, that it is yours and that everyone who is not a white. But, you, know, you can't dismiss that. What she just said is like not important. Um, I can because she doesn't matter. But she That's doesn't matter, dude. dude. Like, I think it's important to be like, hey. It's not the messaging if nobody pays any freaking attention to your channel. Uh, well, you're when you're a talking head on one of the top two left-leaning news outlets in the country, like, I think, I think it's important when they say, oh, white Christians, big problem. Do you think it matters what about what black Christians? Says? What about black Christians, dude? What about that? Well, I mean, Do listen they, to the audience. They exist. Like, 
I mean, she's a racist. What? That's not news. Oh, okay. Well, is this news then? Let me give you uh, a little snippet from your POTUS. Mother of America is being poisoned. Echoing the same exact language used in Nazi Germany. You can't be pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. What about George Washington? Supporters not only embrace political violence, but they laugh about it. At his rally, he jokes about an intruder whipped up by the big Trump lie, taking a hammer to Paul Pelosi's skull and echoing the very... The leftist socialist guy? Yeah. Where's Nancy? And he thinks that's funny. He laughed about it. What a sick... (laughs) My God. What a sick, and then he just lost his train of thought and just went off into oblivion, derailed as always. Uh, but yes, we, the MAGA Republicans, which you and I are both not MAGA, we're just conservatives. We are uh, comparable to Nazi Germany. That's from the president. People do listen to the president. Dis- dismiss MSNBC, it's fine, I don't care. People did you see his him. most recent, did you see these most recent polls about his approval rating? Mm-mm. 33%. He's currently the least popular president in American history. Nobody gives a damn what that stupid son of a bitch has to say either. That brain-dead, senile, <laughs> octogenarian, nobody gives a damn what he has to say. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants him. Do you think that and, it's newsworthy that the president of the United States says his opposition is comparable to Hitler? He's been doing it since he ran in 2019. Okay. Remember, he only ran but because... This is from two days ago. So I He only ran it. because Donald Trump claimed that you know that the nazis in richmond were all good people which didn't happen and isn't even close but to accurate. i liked when he said you can't be pro-insurrection and pro-american like that's kind of how we got where we are dude okay we've we've seen some of the people that he has put in place around himself Lesbians, um trainees. you know for the, the sam brentons of the world that goofball with the fingernails from that weird ass commercial thing they did that first year that you know, that flamboyantly gay guy, right? That's like on the phone with oh, his yeah, yeah, like yeah, three yeah, inch yeah, fingernails, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, Kareem John Pierre. Mm. We know he's brain dead uh, for all intents and purposes. And even, even a fully competent president doesn't write his own speeches, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of geniuses he looks do you think are responsible? They might, have, they might have a good new cocktail. Oh, for him. they there de- like it's there's there are very, there are very, very smart people. They're very smart people who also happen to know about cutting edge drugs that are absolutely saying that they've got him on a cocktail of these anti Alzheimer's medications. They can no for real. This is not a conspiracy. I, I, I this is a fact. It. There are these drugs now that can give people suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's like 30 minutes of like energy and clarity. And that's why he always ends up like screaming and acting like a maniac when they finally, when they have him that hopped up. And then the next day, and you would think that they would stop letting him speak the next day. But when it, when he comes down off of it, he's the worst that he ever is. Like he, Mm -hmm. he can't literally find him his way off of a stage or around a place. Right. So, okay. I don't care what he has to say. I don't care what Joy Reid has to say. What I care about is things like, Hunter Biden all of a sudden is negotiating with the House um, investigation committees about the subpoena that he denied and then big timed by showing up to the hearing where they were going to charge him, recommend charging him 
with contempt for denying his subpoena, right? That whole thing. I think we talked about that last mm-hmm. week, right? Uh, well, when he walked out actually happened when we were at deer camp. So no. So, the, okay. So, so we did talk about the house trying to subpoena him for yeah. a deposition to talk about all his stuff. Right. And he refused to show up. And then the day of his actual deposition, he showed up and did a press conference in DC and he's like, I'm here, I'm ready for a public hearing. And they're like, no, we asked you for a deposition where there's no time restrictions and we can ask you questions and, you know, get real evidence and solid answers. So then they had a hearing last week where he was supposed, where the committee was going to vote on whether to recommend to the full house, a vote for, um, uh, holding him in contempt of Congress and basically charging him with a crime. He showed up to that smugly and that created a really silly circus. And then when Margie, Marjorie Taylor Greene starts to speak up, he gets up and storms out. Oh, by the way, he had a film crew there cause he's filming his own documentary. <laughs> so this was all just made for TV. My life on crack movie stuff. Like I've been talking about, but oh, which was great when that reporter asked him, Hey Hunter, Mr. Biden, yeah, what, what, kind of- what kind of crack do you prefer? Right. That happened on his way out of that hearing. Well, so he comes and he makes a big, uh, he thinks he's making a big ass of, of the committee and all that. And they have the votes to charge him with contempt. They also, in the meantime, since the original record, since the original subpoena for the deposition, they have actually voted as the house. They, they got the votes in the house to actually create a true impeachment inquiry. If you remember last fall, when we still had Kevin McCarthy's douchebag ass, as the house majority leader he didn't put it to a vote they were doing like an informal impeachment inquiry because he didn't have the votes at the time now they've got the votes right well so since the deposition request they've had that vote they have a full-blown impeachment inquiry going on which undeniably means they have the power to subpoena this jackass so now his lawyers have come along and said just since last week oh um we'll we'll do the deposition now We'll we'll do the deposition now, um, if you don't charge us with contempt, because you know we already have uh, we just we just got arraigned in California for tax evasion, and then we have the gun charge thing, which was the subject of the you know plea negotiation that we had worked out, the sweetheart deal that fell apart at the eleventh hour because the documents were corrupt and the judge figured it out. Right? We don't not really interested in any more criminal charges, so we'll come comply, but only because y'all are actually doing an impeachment inquiry now. Mm-hmm. As of this morning, the House has chosen to table the vote on proceeding uh, on contempt charges, contempt of Congress charges, because he's supposedly going to agree to come in and do their deposition. A lot of people are speculating um, that the White House was not thrilled with his little made-for-TV stunt. I can't imagine they could have been. But then some news broke just this week, and it's, I mean, really kind of old news, but interesting that it came out. The FBI leaked so you remember that that he had a gun get he threw a gun away in a trash can in arizona remember that yeah i don't know if it was that gun or another gun they confiscated from him um one of the charges against him right now is that he bought a he lied on his on his uh atf paperwork that he doesn't use illegal drugs or he's never been a drug addict while he was at the time acknowledged to have to have been a drug addict Right, so they're charging him with lying on those forms. I don't know what gun it was, but the FBI has leaked that they've gone back into their evidence room and pulled the gun back out that they collected from him in 2018 
and found there was white powder on the scabbard on the on the holster and they ran some analysis chemical analysis and found out it was cocaine oh why is that why is that six-year-old piece of evidence all of a sudden out in the news (laughs) i i don't know i don't know but yet the cocaine found in the white house was not hunters promise you that (laughs) right well there was that too right even that was like remember at the time we were like why the hell did they even acknowledge this they could have kept that quiet Yeah. yeah my point is i have been saying for a long time i think you agree with me that the deep state knows damn good and well they can't rerun the Biden show, yeah. right? But now they're between now they're between a rock and a hard place because they have a senile octogenarian who you know one thing about being a senile octogenarian you don't necessarily realize that you're senile, right? Or they he have probably the honestly believes that he got the most votes in American history in probably. the 2020 election and probably honestly believes that he's very popular and can do this job. I was talking with a man who lost his father to dementia last month who pointed out that as his dad was succumbing to dementia, that he he was like, you know, if you'd have told him at any point during that eight years that he couldn't be a member of the country club anymore, you'd have had a fight on your hands. He'd have lost his S because he was deranged and irrational, right? That's what they have now. Or they they have have this cackling Kamala, which they know they can't. Or they have that goofball drug addict herself right i mean there's no doubt she's, that she's on pills she she's totally to on top. pills dude listen to her talk <laughs> yeah yeah she sucked her way to the top and now she medicates on, mm-hmm. with something but the point is they got to take him out but they want to do it in such a way they don't want a primary right they don't want to have to go through a primary they want to hand select right whoever they Michelle. run big mike there's certainly new evidence that that might be the direction they're going because guess who crashed and burned in the last three months? Um, the Joker, uh, that demon spawn in California, Gavin Newsom, right? He got forged in that debate that he did with Ron DeSantis for whatever reason he did it. He's got to be the least popular governor in America, right? They, they realize now, oh, we're not going to be able to sell America on this psychopath. Right. So, and and Kamala is a hopeless, like I said, I think, pillhead. Who who do we have? Who do we have? We're not going to go with RFK Jr. because he's making anti-deep state noises. Um, Apparently, there's some guy named Dean, Robert Dean or something like that, that that guy, Bill Ackman, who just, who he's the Harvard grad who took it to Harvard for the flooding gay stuff. Mm -hmm. He's supporting some... Minnesota congressman who's technically running a, a primary in a in a you know in a party that's not having a primary. The point is, they're doing all they can to lay the groundwork, in my opinion, to take him out, claiming that it's for the good of the party in the country, but to do so at exactly the time they want to, right. where they can then just. Which at the convention, the way the Democratic Party rules are set up is they can just go in and with their super delegates pick the person. They're testing people. They have been for a while. And in the meantime, they're continuing to undermine Joe. And as I've said for a long time, 1984, right? Nobody's above the party. The Clintons, they're yesterday's news. The Bidens, they're going to take the fall on all this shit. And that's going to be the sacrificial lamb to atone for their corruption. Here, look at this obviously 
corrupt, shiny object and ignore the fact that everybody else in DC has been doing all the same stuff. We'll sacrifice this senile octogenarian who has a history of showering with his prepubescent daughter and sniffing the hair of little girls. Oh, I saw a Biden on sniff compilation this. yesterday, dude. It was, <laughs> oh my God, man. It's so it was creepy, just still dude. photos of how many people he he doesn't like give a normal hug. He gives a hug and a sniff, and it's very obvious. It's really just. Disturbing. You ever seen the video Let's where he starts to we feel? We gotta take a break. We'll where he starts some, to feel up Hillary sponsors here. We'll plug some sponsors here, and uh, we'll reconvene in just a second. Sound good? I guess. All right. So we don't have any sponsors. So we'll just reconvene. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, thank you uh, for that brief interlude brought to you by our fine sponsors. And uh, looking forward to uh, Weekend at Bernie's coming to an end with President Biden. So that's Chisholm's call. I wholeheartedly agree with you, by the way. There's no way they can run that schlep again. Trump's going to destroy him. And they won't let him debate him either. I mean, like, he didn't want to debate last time. There won't be any debates. Yeah, he won't be the candidate by that point. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's a moot point. Um, but guess who will end up getting off the hook when it's all said and done? Hunter. Young, young Hunter, because daddy will pardon him on his way out the door somewhere around December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, all right, well, let's talk about what, what Trump said here. Uh, this was, I guess, at his victory speech, the Iowa caucus. And I want to get your reaction, and then I'll tell you what I think about it. Or I'll tell you what I think about it first, and then you can give me what your take is. But anyway, this is Trump speaking the other night. First thing he says he's going to do when he gets back in office. As soon as I take the oath of office, I'll terminate every open border policy of the Biden administration and begin the largest deportation operation in American history. Do you think, well, here's the number one thing. The left is going to take that and use it as ammunition and say, this guy's a racist, yada, yada, yada. We already know that. They're going to do it. Does it matter? Like, uh, do you think he's gaining votes by doing that? Or is there anyone on the fence that's actually going to let that be like, oh, no, can't vote for this guy. Your eyes are glazing over. Can you contribute something worthwhile? Jeez, he's closed his eyes. <laughs> you know what you don't care about the border you know what the number one talking point is i just saw a clip from joe manchin i can play it for you you know when asked what joe manchin's number one focus is the border joe manchin's a yeah, Democratic it's the second senator. most important it was the second most important thing to everybody in the iowa caucuses behind the economy you're right they will probably try to use it to label him a racist i feel like i've already heard that because that's not a new statement he's been saying that and you're right it's not going to work because even democrats are there's so many of them now that are saying how important they are to the economy because they pick the food and they keep your they keep your grocery bills down. These Democrats are so effing racist, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it won't work. That's that there's nothing besides them assassinating him or somehow landing him in jail or flat full blown rigging another election that will keep Trump from winning this thing. Other th that and I would add maybe Michelle Obama to the list. Yeah, I would say Big Mike could 
potentially be a thorn in the side of uh, his re-election campaign. Here's what I was alluding to with Joe Manchin, though. Check out how his uh, he was speaking at a little diner. I don't I, I don't know if it was in his home state of West Virginia, but uh, there were some uh, left wingers that quickly derailed their fellow left wing senators. Little chat. As far as the greatest concern I have right now, if you ask us the greatest thing I think we face, it's the border crisis. Ah, fossil fuels mentioned. Ah, fossil fuels. Ah, fossil fuels mentioned. Ah, fossil fuels. Ah, fossil fuels mentioned. Ah, fossil fuels. Well, that just continues to go on and on, and they don't, they know, uh, Joe doesn't get another word out. The entire thing has been derailed by fossil fuel, climate change, yahoos. What are they saying? Off? They're saying off fossil fuels, Mansion. off fossil fuels. I wonder if Joe... The audio at the beginning was kind of sketchy, but it, he basically said the biggest thing leading up to the election that I'm concerned about is the border crisis. Right. wonder if they had shoes on. wonder if any of them had a caffeinated beverage that day. They sounded caffeinated. Well, they definitely had a North Face jacket because it's effing cold outside. I was going to say, I wonder if they had any um, you know, polyester uh, materials to keep the cold off. Yeah. I've mentioned this, right? How like even even added caffeine nowadays comes from the oil and gas industry. It used to come from coal, but apparently it's cheaper to extract from natural gas than from coal. So, well, okay, dumb it down uh, even a little bit more. When you are harvesting coffee beans, what are you using? Ag equipment, yeah, right? That runs on fossil fuel, <laughs> oil and gas, oil, right? No, but they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it with EVs, man. This oh sure sure and then but we already know where those batteries come from we don't need to dive back into the uh artisanal mines of the congo yeah i saw an article just earlier today from a not super right might have been on real clear politics about how um many chicagans chicagoans they say that Chicagoans, Chicagoans are struggling right now with this massive Arctic blast because you know what happens to an EV when it's super cold? I've seen this all over social media and I love it. Uh, they don't they go don't very far. They don't. They don't <laughs> go very far. Um, ever had your cell phone in your pocket on a ski trip when it was yeah. particularly cold and noticed that wow, it was fully charged twenty minutes ago and now it's almost empty. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Soup. Soup. soup too much rain makes them catch the fire okay anyway sorry i don't know you went back to your old microphone situation what the f keeps happening my girls have wrecked this computer it seems because Hmm. all of a sudden apple music just pops up and changes hijacks everything that's happened twice sometimes i'm at the gym and like taylor swift starts playing on my phone and through my headphones i'm like what just happened then i realize they're listening to my Spotify account in their room. And I just change it back. And I have told them, if dad changes it back, don't don't ruin my workout by playing your crappy music anymore. Is it back to normal? Yeah, you're good. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so it's not good when trip, it's cold. Tesla, I don't think it's great Arctic when it's blast. hot. It's definitely not good when it rains too much because then they catch on fire. <laughs> um, have you? <laughs> wait, so wait, what are the positives again? 
Oh, wait. Also, oh. your battery lasts for seven years, then you have to basically buy a new engine that costs $20,000. The batteries are worth more than the car. Let's see. Um, so I, I recently subscribed to the Epic Times, which seems to be a pretty good Epoch. news outlet, uh, as far as I can tell. New study, this popped up right as we started, but there's a new study that shows that the cost of ownership over the lifetime for an EV is considerably higher than a gas vehicle. Wow. No way. Mm. Um, did you see where Hertz is having a fire sale? Hertz rental car agency right. having a fire sale of all their EVs. You know why? Nobody because wants they're to about rent six them. years old. And nobody wants we know their no, year seven they, is when they expire. They can't rent them. <laughs> can't run them nobody's like they're like EVs. no f no i don't want that stupid thing no i want the fiery and death trap that the i can't Joker charge and all of his wisdom is said by 2035 california will no longer sell gas vehicles right and as we know then the very next day he said don't plug in your evs because we're having rolling blackouts <laughs> by the way that happened in canada this week as well with the arctic blast impacting the canadian grid they were like please don't charge your evs and the canadians were like i bought the ev because it's supposed to be environmentally friendly Trudeau told me to do it he told me to get my tampon out of the male bathroom and buy my ev yeah um i also and this was this is just some something i saw on social media of this lady who was like i bought an ev and then when i went to the charging station it was just a charging station there was no there was no coffee. There were no snacks. There was no gas station. She's like, I really miss gas stations. Where did you say that was? What? Just saw something, just a video some lady made, put it on her social media thing. But, you know, she's just at this outpost and there's, she's like, I'd like coffee and snacks. <laughs> now all I just have is a big plug, I guess, is the point. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and also, how do you say is is Vivek? What do you what Vivek Ramaswamy? How do you say the guy's full name? Vivek, mm -hmm. Vivek Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy, and he owns a Seven Eleven, according to the Babylon Bee. Oh. <laughs> Dude, that was the edgiest Babylon Bee article I have ever seen, man. <laughs> okay, uh, so you sent me that yesterday, and I was like, wow. "Wow!" I said at least they're calling it both ways. They're actually <laughs> wow taking on the right there. Well, what did it say? It said uh, Trump promises Vivek, yeah. Vivek so, uh, the managerial spot at the White House 7-Eleven or something. Right. Yeah. So Ramaswamy. <laughs> let's make this abundantly clear. This was a joke. Right. Very off-color joke by the Babylon Bee. But, uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, so Vivek, after the Iowa caucuses Monday night, uh, uh, dropped out of the presidential, the, the Republican uh, uh, primaries and informally endorsed Donald Trump. Before that, did you see where Donald Trump's campaign like ripped him a new one that day? I did. Yeah. So, yeah. so Vivek has been, you know, 100% pro Trump since he became a public persona in this, this race. Right. But his argument is kind of like, Hey, they might put him in jail. So vote for me and I'll make sure that we do all the MAGA stuff. Plus make sure to get him out of jail, that type of thing. And so I guess like, Right on the eve of the caucuses, he had online that he was selling shirts. He was selling shirts, and it was basically like the premise was vote for Vivek to save Donald Trump. 
something to yeah, that I effect. I saw the t-shirts. Kind of and I, I think his gist is kind of interesting. His point, and then and there was also a video that went viral of him arguing, not really arguing, but having a discussion with a with a lady, an, an Iowan lady, who wanted to vote for Trump, and he was trying to convince her, like, listen, they're going to take Trump out one way or another, through hook or crook or, like I said earlier, assassination or whatever. Like, they're never going to let him be president. I've got fresh legs. I'm down with all the same policies. Vote for me, and we'll get it all done, and we'll protect Trump. That yeah. was his argument. Well, Donald Trump, Trump had a pretty snide remark for that. Yeah, kind Donald didn't like it, but yeah. some of the analysis I've heard, I think, is even more on point. One thing that somebody pointed out was Donald Trump, if you use his name and you're not singing his praises, he's going to come at you. And so that happened for sure. Which is, but, again, why I don't think he's in on the whole thing. Like you, you always go back to it wouldn't shock you if he is. And I'm always like, I, I just don't think that that's his personality. I don't think he's capable of it, because if you say anything about him, hey, the next day he's going to there's going to be a headline. Trump, you know, responds to this and. And I mean, you can not a very tactful response. It's coming off can, the cuff. You can be strategic and and yet still emotional and flawed, right? Like, I, I don't think, dude. I just don't think you. Because even even that, even that approach, even that approach is part of his strategy. He he detailed it in his book back in the early '80s, right? Of like wanting to appear like a crazy man because it always helps him in negotiations, right? Mm. So. I, I don't think it's pure ego that causes him to go. It worked. Look what he did. He got yeah. Vivek to drop out of the race. The other take on it was. And they're buddies the now. The, so. Right. So the polling started to show that Vivek was looking to get as much as 8% of the caucuses, right? That's what he got. He got like 7.8. He got just shy of 8%. What Trump wants more than anything is massive landslide victories in these early primaries. So everybody will back out, right? Plus, it is part of his ego, right? He wants the biggest victory of all time. Um, when We've talked about this, but back in 2016, he wasn't getting more than 35% almost anywhere right? until the field was pared down to three. And even then, Ted Cruz hung in all the way to the very end. Trump still wasn't getting over 50, right? He was winning those primaries by pluralities. Mm-hmm. In the Iowa caucuses, he hit 51%, which means that he got more votes personally than everybody else involved got combined. Well, if you add Vivek's 8%, because pretty much all those guys, all those people would have voted for Trump if Vivek wasn't in there, we assume, then if he actually hits close to 60%, I mean, it was already a landslide, right? But what's 60% look like, right? It's, it's, I couldn't believe Nikki Haley destruction. 17% to DeSantis 15 like she's very unlikable, and like we talked about no, Haley, last week. No, Haley. No, no, she took third. I think it was seventeen uh, and nine. I think she got seventeen, and he got like nineteen, or she oh, got that's nineteen. Not the stat and he got I saw. One. No, that's she took third. You maybe be seeing the New Hampshire primary. Okay. Uh, well, either way, how is she getting? How is she pulling it over fifteen percent? She's terrible. Because she's a whole bunch of Democrats came out to vote for her, dude. And I'm not even making a joke. Like that's actually what happened. A whole bunch of Democrats, dude. Something like 60% of everybody that's ever been polled that says they're voting for Nikki Haley says they'll vote for Biden if she's not the nominee, hmm. if Trump's the nominee. She's getting Democrats, because you know you can do that, right? Like, you can vote as long as you can change your, okay. No, it's a, it's, she's Some, got us by the balls. If she somehow was the nominee, like, I would vote for her over, like, anyone that, that 
Democrats are going to throw out there. She's going to end up the VP, but let's finish on Vivek. Let's not so, let's not go down there. So, road, so Trump, dude. oh, it's going to happen, bro. No way. Trump, table it. Hold on, we'll come back to her. Trump rips Vivek a new ass and says he's not MAGA and all this stuff, right? And Vivek just backs down and he's like, "I love Donald Trump. We shouldn't be infighting. Donald Trump's the man." The election happens. He performs pretty strongly at eight percent, and then immediately is like, "I'm out and I'm endorsing." Donald Trump. Well, that means so he's been falling around forty-five percent in New Hampshire, and Vivek's been at five. That, in theory, should put Trump over fifty percent in New Hampshire. Um, but getting back to the Babylon B, the headline this last night that I sent you was a picture of Vivek in a Seven Eleven like pull, pull it, uh, hoodie, not pull, hoodie, Seven Eleven like uh, polo shirt. Yeah, standing in front of like a Seven Eleven tucked into the White House. You know the way like a like a convenience store would be in the airport or something, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, the headline was like, Donald Trump appoints Vivek to manage this the White House's 7-Eleven. It was I was pretty... like, oh no. Wow. Yeah. Look at this. There's this line in there where Vivek's like, you know, the truth is I'm extraordinarily overqualified for this position, but at the same time, I'll take whatever <laughs> I can get and I'm honored. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was out there even for them. It was pretty damn edgy. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Nikki Haley finished third. And yet, despite finishing third, her closing somehow like victory speech was like, uh, Iowa, you have made this a two-person race. And it's like, which two? What are you talking about? Um, she claims because she's beating DeSantis in the polling in New Hampshire and then in South Carolina. Um, which, by the way, is her home state where she was governor, where Donald Trump is kicking her tail. Yeah. So she's probably going to be respectful enough in New Hampshire to keep the conversation going, but Super Tuesday is going to come along and it's going to be over. So now, if you're paying attention, she has not been nearly. Chris Christie was the pit bull, right? His job was to flamethrow Donald Trump at every turn. Yeah. Nikki Haley has been a little bit more, she's not down with Donald Trump, but she's not like totally antagonistic. And she has mentioned how they've worked together and she has mentioned how some of his policies she appreciates and this and that. I guarantee you, dude. So, so do you remember the, you mentioned this off the air like two weeks ago You or no, it wasn't, it was on the air. You said you believe that Trump's in on it. If he chooses Haley as his running mate. Uh, it's it would be it would be further it would be another log on that fire for me for sure yeah but check it out Stephen Miller you remember that guy the mm-hmm. creepy bald head bald headed kind of ugly skinny dude that was he was with Trump from day one he was the big time anti immigration guy mm-hmm. um, originally kind of made his bones in the Duke lacrosse scandal when they framed those poor Duke lacrosse kids for yeah. the complete fabricated story about them. Um, you know, assaulting the strippers or whatever. Mm-hmm. He became prominent um, as a journalist, I think. He's either a journalist or a lawyer. Helping to expose that story two years after the media had lied and slandered those kids. Um, but then he was uh, he was in Jeff Sessions' Sessions' Senate uh, staff. I think he was chief of his staff. And, you know, Sessions came in originally as the attorney general under Trump and then got fired by Trump. But Stephen Miller stayed on, and his whole thing was immigration. So he's one of 
to this day, Donald Trump's probably five closest advisors. And they were asking him during in Iowa over the weekend about VP candidates. And they asked him about Vivek and he said, no, Vivek absolutely has no chance. And they said, what about Nikki Haley? And he said, that's definitely on the table. Ugh. So Vivek has no chance. The most MAGA right. guy out there. But Nikki Haley is definitely on the table, dude. But you even told me in our text, like Vivek brings nothing extra to the ticket. Because people are going to vote for Trump anyway. Right. I I, I mean, I, I feel that way. Yes. Uh, yeah. Vivek should have a role in the cabinet somewhere, but not necessarily at a 7-Eleven or a VP, right? Hmm. Um, I I think it's, I mean, bottom line, not necessarily at a 7-Eleven is what I was saying. There's a chance that like at least Stefanik, uh, the lady who grilled, <laughs> hmm? you won't be derailed. <laughs> no. Yeah. I got to just blow right through your, your little <laughs> wikis. It wasn't even really that funny to be fair. Uh, Elise Stefanik from New York. The lady, I'll lay it on you too. I don't care. The lady who took down um, the DEI cult presidents the other day is definitely a candidate. Um, I'd say Byron Donalds is probably on the list. Um, See, he brings something to the ticket though. So, I mean, a woman, let's be fair, and let's just call a spade a spade. This is the DEI world. And um, I've been advocating for us to play their game since the last election. We don't really have a choice, right? Um, right? Much like Barack Obama picked Joe Biden, the old establishment guy back in the day, I feel like Trump picked Pence for the same reasons. There's a good old-fashioned, steady-at-the-hand, rock-solid, hyper-conservative Christian guy in 2016. Um he Not probably so. needs to bring someone to the table that could really shake things up on the whole you're a racist, sexist, homophobe conversation. Not that any of the people I just named wouldn't be called all those same things and you know they'd call Byron Donalds and Uncle Tom for sure. Mm-hmm. Like for sure. Um I think Byron Byron Donalds would be badass. I like that guy a lot. Correct. Um any of the ones I've named other than Nikki Haley. Um yeah, she can't be the choice. It, that's just the way it is. It, that would be terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. She's not, she's a rhino biatch. Yeah, she's the worst. Warmongering, uh, just a trust. Did you see how she answered the question of can a man become a woman? <laughs> no. Did you see it? Yeah. No. Some some Iowa voter, this fairly long clip, he's like, you know, I, I've I've been a Trump supporter for a long time, but I was extremely disappointed by his answer, when Megyn Kelly asked him, can a man become a woman? And so I'll ask you the same question. Can a man become a woman? And this is one of the clips where initially her response, she's like all praising Trump. But then she's like, as to this question, can a man become a woman? There are lots of different opinions. Fail, about wrong. This question. You already, right, failed, right, right, you already right. failed the test, lady. Well, what she said was, I'm not at all for any kind of manipulation of children, including hormone blockers. But once you're 18, a person can do what they want to do. That wasn't okay. actually the question, right? Well, that's that's question kind of our was stance, right. Is you have the right to do that, but it doesn't doesn't mean that we have to pretend that. That's but he what didn't you ask are. what should we doing. What, what should we be doing about transgender surgeries and hormones? Yeah, he asked, "Can a man become a woman?" It's like getting deja vu of Matt Walsh sitting in making his documentary, and no one wants right. And her answer instead question. of doing what you know, DeSantis was able. And to be fair, Trump didn't answer the question straight either. 
DeSantis is the only one who was like, no. And it's a dumb question. I don't understand why we're having to even answer. So he's the only one that didn't give a circular answer, as Matt Walsh said in the documentary. Right. He's, he's asking these college professors, like, do you know what a circular answer is? If she had, dude, I don't, I'm, I'm, I've realized, she, I don't think she's that bright. Like I used to, I, I said the other day, I'm really ashamed that I used to support Nikki Haley. I, I listen to her now and I'm like, it's this Santos did the same thing. It's like they're too overcoached and overcounseled and they're so afraid of stepping on the toes of maybe the moderate squish vote that they're also dependent on, which Trump doesn't give a damn about at all, mm-hmm. that they're like, it's like you could say, Nikki, no, a man can't become a woman. That's biological nonsense. However, transgenderism is a thing. It always has been a thing. And while I do not support puberty blocking hormones or transition surgeries for minor children once you're 18 you can do what you want in this country but it doesn't make you a woman makes you a trans person right that would have been a perfectly perfectly solid answer i was able to just vomit that out in two seconds and you would think in 2024 as big a deal as this has become that that dumb broad would have had that answer at the ready to that specific question well, doesn't her constituents like me and you, like the majority of Republicans, think that it's a no? Because I mean, they're just constituents are Democrats. <laughs> okay, what are you talking about, dude? That's why she can't answer the question. Uh, right <laughs> not on. her constituents. Yeah, yeah, good point. But then, why is Trump dancing around it? He knows, and, that, and that's the it. point, right? That is the point. Like, how do you not? How do you how are you not prepared for that question? Megan Kelly already let everybody know that you should be when she asked Donald Trump. It went badly for Trump at the time. You should have been ready for an answer that split the baby a little bit and said, no, that's nonsense. However, transgenderism is a thing and I don't care what you do to your body after the age of 18. Yeah, I guess, dude, we should probably hit on ESPN for sure. And that yes. cesspool of an organization. Jeez. And and this is the thing. I know you don't even have cable TV anymore. I do and end up sucked into ESPN because of the games I want to watch are sometimes on there. They're about to leave cable TV and become their own entity, uh, like way beyond ESPN+. And that, that uh, Chiefs-Dolphins playoff game the other day was not on cable TV, an NFL playoff game. It was on Peacock. And they had really? 22 million people tuned into that thing which I think it cost them $125 million to get the rights to that game. And they, they, made, they made money hand over fist by the amount of people that had to sign up for that. But that's the evolution of... I know. swear I saw a headline that, they, that they're in talks with the NFL to have an equity stake in the NFL. Uh, yeah, that will. Like, so NFL Network and NFL Films would, I think, be consumed okay. by... The media part of the NFL. Gotcha. by espn absorbed yep they would be that's what i i believe you're correct there that's what i heard as well um so yeah the espn story that broke over the weekend was i, I can't even believe it but basically they were fabricating ways to get their talent emmys <laughs> for 30 years dude 30 years so what was it they they were sending in somehow they were getting Emmy I read it. I did too. I can't really really remember. They were what giving happened. like production credits to people like Kirk uh Herb Street 
and Lee Corso by using their initials somehow in the voting process, putting fake names in their credits after the show would air. And then some, instead of saying Lee Corso, when they were sending in votes, they just put LC and it would some, it seems like a very obscure way to do it. I don't know, but that's what I read. I didn't really grasp other than the fact that it's a huge scandal and they were basically stealing Emmys. Okay, so was it that that the show had won a production Emmy, and so then they were they were making up fake? I know one of the things was they were making up fake names. So you're saying yeah. like that ESPN had actually gotten an Emmy for something, but it would have been like a crew, like the crew, a crew Emmy, right? So then they they sent in either initials or fully yeah. blown, full blown fake names of people, got a le- got a, a trophy, then changed the name on the trophy to Lee Corso, for example. And then put that behind him when he's doing like, you know, production. Well, they, what from they his did house on the productions when they were actually airing the show, though, was like they preemptively did it. Like you said, they did it for thirty years, so they would put a name that started with the same initials as Lee Corso and be like Larry Cohen or something. And then, oh wow! So they were actually putting it on the credits of the shows and everything. Like they yes, were so that they could say when they were submitting votes, vote for LC Larry Cohen. But really, it's you don't put Larry Cohen; you just put LC, and it's Lee Corso. Right, and then they were able to claim that their on-air talent was winning Emmys, Emmy award-winning show, baby. Thirty years they were doing this, and when it when the, the S hit the fan in the last month, I guess the Emmy Academy, whatever the hell that would be, demanded all these trophies back because they had one sent poor trophies. Lady, she was like, people. I didn't even. She she was really upset. I forget the name. It was an on-air talent. She was a like, bunch I really of them thought were. I deserved the Emmy. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure they all were shameful. That's so. They, they didn't confirm whether the talent was in on the right. on the gig if they uh, if they knew about it or not. I mean, you'd have thought that in a thirty year period, but the two of them up. might have been willing to just like look it up. Yeah. Like, there's mm. got to be a list somewhere online. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, this one made you cringe. I can't stand when I ESPN. Like I, I'm so disgusted by them, what they've done to sports news, becoming just a woke, you know, political bunch oh, of dude. skulls. Anyone that hires Jamel Hill, who, uh, dude, speaking of Jamel Hill, did she? Did you know she's been after Dan Campbell's ass for like three years? Did you know that? Saying that he only was hired because he was white. The coach yes. of the Detroit Lions. Yes. Yes, dude. I I saw this headline and went back and looked at the history of her tweets. Was they only played. hired because he was white. Okay. Yes, dude. Yes, and then whenever he would make a bad decision, she would say, "Yeah, he should have been fired. He's only there because he's white. Now he's leading the Lions possibly to the NFC Championship game." She looks pretty stupid now, but she doesn't like white people. We'll just leave it at that. But that's what ESPN. That's the kind of talent that they have on the airwaves, and have had. I mean, they eventually had to let her go, but yeah. And I mean, if they're they're owned by Disney, so should tell you all you need to know about their agenda. Yep, you cringed when I sent you this, and you said, "Do we really have to talk about it?" And I was like, "Yes, we do." So he's cringing right now. Spain elected a retarded person to their parliament. Is that is that the direction that we want to go as a society? And this is nothing against uh, disabled people, but. Uh, you're supposed to have. We have to tread very lightly here, I think. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we gotta be careful. I, I don't know that that really meets the qual. Well, they elected Fetterman, who somehow is, seems like he's coming out of his disabled phase, but he's making I, more sense now than before he made his. I don't know that that's the direction that we're supposed to go as a society. 
because a lot of times those people need other people to look out for them is the best way I could put it. Yeah, dude. Uh, like and is, and is it not just is, is it not just a face? Did they just do it to grandstand? Like, because, I, I, I mean, yeah, I think so, man. I, I don't think this is any different than any other DEI thing. Um, uh, man, I mean, listen, I, I have a massive heart for anybody who's disabled with anything, especially Downs, man. Like, that's that's heavy. I stuff. work out at the gym with this young guy. He is, I want to say, he's probably seventeen or eighteen. I mean, we don't work out together, but he's there every day. I always give him a fist bump. Hey, Adam, how are you doing? Hey, Cable, nice to see you. What are you working out today? You know, shoot the breeze for a few seconds. Dude, one of the nicest, and they're all they're all just incredibly sweet, nice people. Um, yeah. By and large, like overly nice. I don't have a neg negative thing to say about them. And certainly, like you just said, feel compassion towards any disability. But when it is a mental disability that affects your cognitive thought, I don't know that you should be in charge of making policy, being a, a leader of a country. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I, I mean, I generally know behavior, behaviorally what you can observe of a person with Down syndrome, but I don't know processing-wise what kind of mental impairment that includes, I, I, I assume. Well, they're financial. a lot of times very easily taken advantage of, right? That's, That's pretty well understood, yeah, and I, I don't think they're so typically you don't great think that the tests. Other politicians are going to be in this type. person's ear? Like, I... I don't think it's a great idea. It seems like very much virtue signaling to me. Mm. Um, but I'll say this. Well, it's another, I would say, attack on, you know, kind of basic competency in the name of DEI. But if you had, if somehow I was forced to choose between those who would recommend aborting a fetus that tests positive for Down syndrome, which happens... Yeah. Right, that very first blood test nowadays that they give a pregnant woman, the test is for Down syndrome, and I don't know what the percentage is, dude, but a lot of them get aborted. If the choice was somehow between aborting Down syndrome babies or letting them be prime ministers or you know ministers of parliament, then I, I'm going with the latter. Hmm. Make them all kings. Don't kill them. Very interesting, <laughs> That's to say a the least. <laughs> they belong in the world. I'll say that, hundred percent. I don't know that they belong in Congress, but yeah, I th I think that's the best way to sum it up. What about Ray Epps? What about Ray Epps? <clears throat> well, you know, all of the uh, violent Jan Six. What were they? They didn't, they weren't protesters. They were uh, walkabouters. Well, we call them walkabouters. They call them a threat to democracy. Insurrectionists. Insurrectionists, right? Right. Uh, some of them have gotten years and years and years in prison. Some of them weren't even there, and they've gotten years in prisons at prison. Right. And Ray Epps is like the face of kind of the whole thing. And he if got I'm not mistaken, months. he's the only person out of forty thousand hours worth of footage and many thousands of people who were present that day who's on video saying. We have to storm into the Capitol. Well, he got 12 months probation, Chisholm. So what does that tell you about right. who, who is Ray Epps again? 
Where, where's what's your background, Ray? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Are you FBI? He's a spook. There's no other way to like. And how? Look, well, just look at what CNN and everybody did in protecting him, dude. Have you seen some of the clips of how they're like right-wing conspiracy theorists are slandering poor Ray Epps? It's like I thought you hated all these people and thought right. they should all be in jail. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Crazy, dude. Unbelievable. The ringleader of the day, him and the what? How, what was the jail time for? I call him like America Man, the guy with the <laughs> like the 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 um. Bull's head, orange, right? And... The QAnon shaman, or whatever, yeah. QAnon shaman. <clears throat> so he was originally he was originally sentenced to 40 or 48 months, I think it was 40. He was just shy of four years. I actually was listening to a podcast just last weekend, um, with a dude who's making a documentary about that, and I yeah. think it's already out. It's like a two part documentary about Jan 6, but specifically about him. Um, Jacob, um, his name is Jacob something or other anyway keep going um if you remember right when tucker released all that gen 6 footage that the that congress gave him right before he got fired from fox last year mm-hmm. uh it was like the next week that that dude got out of jail and yeah. we were all like oh look at this jacob See? chansley chansley right so the documentary guy who very much is, you know, like, hey, the crowd was full of feds. Jacob Chansley is actually, he, he described him as like an absolute sweetheart who was like terrible, who's like really bright, but super naive, like almost kind of sounds borderline autistic the way that he described him, like extraordinarily like intelligent, very well read, but like kind of a dope because like when he was on the phone, they've got a recording in the documentary where he's on the phone with so he turned himself in like when he left he mm-hmm. called up the feds then he's doing an FBI interview that's recorded and he's trying to convince the FBI guy that his agency is corrupt <laughs> and he's citing all these specific cases and stuff and you know he like prayed for the police inside the the Capitol building and all that stuff he also won best costume for the day right the the dude who did the, the film actually pointed out that it wasn't the that he was already set to be released before Tucker started releasing all of that footage, which the footage included that dude being escorted by police into not just the Capitol building, but if I'm not mistaken, into the House right. of Representatives. But no, chief. they weren't in on it. The cops weren't in on it. They right. Didn't. Not at all. No. So they escorted him in. But what had happened was he had gotten a 40 month sentence, but the there was a program in jail where he could get out after 18 or 24 based on good behavior and like volunteering in the prison and all this stuff. And being that he is a really, really good person, apparently who's besides that one day, pretty buttoned down. He did all the things and had already had a, he knew for like the entire time he had a chance to get out and the court order to let him out was already in place before those videos dropped. So people like you and I looked and were like, Oh, Hey, check it out. He got out of jail because they were able to prove he got escorted. It's actually like, no, turns out Mm. he was just doing what he was supposed to do. And that was part of his program. What does that look like on your resume when you're applying for jobs? Like model citizen, yada, yada. Oh, Jan six insurrectionist in jail for 18 months. (laughs) Um, is that a felony by the way? insurrection he didn't get charged with i mean nobody got you know no one got charged with insurrection that's a really important point to make right because 
that's they got the reason for Colorado and Maine are trying to take Trump off the ballot when yet no one ever has been charged with insurrection. Mm-hmm. He got charged with like unlawful entry or something like that, right? Um, I would argue it's uh, you know, it, it would keep me from throwing the rest of me in the trash probably, but um, that again, that director also said that this dude acknowledges he's like I shouldn't have done that. That's why he turned himself in. Like mm-hmm. he. He knew immediately, like, I shouldn't have gone in there. Apparently, he had a spear, right? I mean, you could say technically. So, we're going to overthrow the Capitol with a weapon with a spear that they used and, and 1,200 years ago. It. Yeah. That's smart. You're right. He is not a very bright guy. But, but none of them brought guns. So, yeah, maybe he's the only one that brought a weapon. Right. So, Ray Epps, off unscathed. Yeah, Moderna money. Well, I mean, you know, hey, you got 12 months probation. That's a big deal, right? Moderna money and the text that you sent me last night. Um, What? Which one? The Moderna text, dude. Um, here, I'll pull it The up. article about them. About How Moderna exposed. Them. Moderna's vaccine against vaccine dissent. Yeah, I mean, the upshot is, again, nothing particularly revelatory in there other than... Moderna, in cooperation with some non not you know, nonprofit group, was lobbying Twitter and Facebook, et cetera, to thwart any vaccine quote unquote misinformation, even stuff that you know. There's a whole bunch of data that got dumped. It's basically like the Twitter files, but specific to the Moderna Corporation, where it's like, you know, they would say you have to censor Alex Berenson who's been all over that uh, Twitter, you know, all over, all over all of this stuff, the vaccines in particular, since uh, it started, who has a sub stack, but as a former New York times reporter, Michael Schellenberger, who we've talked about, who was part of the Twitter file stuff. Um, um, Russell Brand, they were, they were advocating that all these people be, be censored yet more often than not, they weren't challenging what they were saying. And a lot of times Whatever what they were saying was Brand's sexual allegations against him or they tried to cancel him. I, mean, I haven't heard a peep that. about it since. And, yeah. you know, just for kicks after reading that thing, I looked up his YouTube and he's still publishing stuff on YouTube. So um, I follow him on Rumble. So I get links yeah. to his stuff. But this thing that you sent me, is uh, it says investigations. Something... Dude, it says, so this is with James Mock, the chief financial officer at Moderna. And this is what he said, quote, Oh, the end was, yeah. COVID is a very valuable product line of business and will continue to be, said Mock, and will make it more profitable. Yeah, so that was specifically, (laughs) if you look up a little bit above that, I'm sure everybody remembers, but they they became a $100 billion corporate. Okay, Moderna, Pfizer, obviously the little blue pill, right? They were the Viagra guys. Pfizer's been cranking out billions of dollars for a long time and paid out billions of dollars and whatever paid out billions the most people. yep they've paid the most criminal penalties in in global history right but um, the point being pfizer is probably one of the three biggest drug manufacturers on the planet and has been for decades moderna it actually stays stands for like what like like modified rna right moderna like or modern RNA, right? The, the name is, their whole thing is these RNA vaccines, these mRNA vaccines. Like, that's what they do. And that's all they have so far, and yet they became a $100 billion company 
just based on selling billions of these shots to governments all across the globe. Mm-hmm. And when people stop taking their stupid boosters and governments stop buying their stupid boosters, they plummeted. I think we documented it, but they've dropped by like what, like 80% from their high two years ago. They're in the tank, right? So that statement yeah, you just 3. read. $3.5 billion loss last quarter. Right. That statement you just read was in response to the fact that they're getting their asses cooked. They had a $3.5 billion loss last quarter. Yeah. Is that what you just said? Wow. Yeah. Right. So, so read it again with that as a little bit of background that their company has been imploding because nobody wants their heart. COVID is a very valuable product line of business and will continue to be. And we'll make it more profitable. The virus itself is a profitable product line of business. You want to hear how shady uh, Pfizer is, dude? Just historically, I just looked this up. So this goes back to 2006. Secret report services showing that Pfizer was at fault in Nigerian drug tests. So they were giving out uh, meningitis drug trials to children in right. Nigeria. Probably somehow Bill Gates was involved with it. You know, he likes sure. to do tests on African children. Uh, and Nigeria, the country of Nigeria sued Pfizer. I did not know that. Did you? The country. Mm, I don't specifically remember that, but I'm not. Nigeria files criminal charges against Pfizer. When was this? June, June 5th, 2007 in the Guardian, uh, National Institute of Health. Nigeria files criminal charges against Pfizer. Pfizer to pay out 75 million over 1996 drug trial deaths. Wow. And that, that that isn't even the one that I'm that I was thinking of that was uh, a big issue here in the United States. Uh, I forget what drug that was, but it's well documented. Trovon, maybe. Hmm. Doesn't matter. So so Doesn't this matter. is they're, awesome. they you know what they are? They're they're like the Bidens. They're impenetrable. Doesn't matter. Uh, think yeah, I mean, like that would put you out of business, but no, it doesn't. It's still so hilarious to think about how the left had been so anti-Big Pharma up until 2021, and now they're like, you're evil if you don't take their their shots, which are actually, as we've said many times, designed to hijack your DNA to make you produce the very spike proteins that were, kill, were killing people. Mm-hmm. Great freaking idea. Um, it's interesting that we transitioned into this because as I was scrolling my new epic times app for some other news articles to mention the only one that jumped out at me was exclusive cdc drafted alert for myocarditis and covid19 vaccines but never sent it in may of 2021 a guy named dr dimitri daskalakis had provided a draft alert that would supposed to have been out to uh, federal, state, and local public health officials and doctors across the nation through a system called the Health Alert Network, HAN. Message, it's used to convey, quote, vital health information by the CDC. They had drafted a nationwide alert to let everybody know, hey, these things are causing myocarditis. <laughs> and then guess what? Never sent it, according to documents obtained by the Epic Times, which they're now making public. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings me back, dude, to the one thing. I'll, I'll say this, man. Anybody who's sick and tired of talking to COVID, bite me. Uh, particularly the vaccines. Like, we shouldn't 
there is this attempt to memory hole this often it's by people away, dude people are going to still continue to show symptoms from taking those experimental drugs for 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 who knows how yeah but a, a big part of the people who want to memory hole it are people who took them because they don't want to have to face the reality that they got duped and now they may be have they may have a ticking time bomb somewhere inside their body right like it's My not just it's not just the World Economic Forum people, right? We're yeah, saying, it's people that we know and love. They're like, dude. I don't want to. They're like, I don't. I, I'm not taking another shot, but I really don't care to talk about it. It's like, mm, we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You need to be confronted with this. Thank God that the Bill Mars of the world are forcing people, uh, like the guy who makes the Family Guy, you know, confronting them with facts about it. I guess apparently, um, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, yeah, Seth MacFarlane. Um, RFK Jr. sat down. Did an interview with Howie Mandel. I don't know why this popped up in my feed. I think Dave Rubin's talking about it, but there are people forcing the issue. Like, no, you need to hear this, right? You need you need to know this because you should never be allow yourself to fall victim to it again. And it needs to be exposed, and people need to be held account. Right? Oh, wait till virus X hits, and then they'll be like, oh, selective right. memory. No, no, we trust you this time. What? Right. But no. but the but the angle I want to go at, which I've talked about before, is. Is it just profit? Like, was the United is the United States government holistically from the agencies that are supposed to regulate the drug companies to the politicians that pass the laws? Like, are they all so in the? I mean, we we obviously know the, the media. Is yes, yes. Is that all it is? Is it just money, or is well, there no, something no, no. darker? There's two components. To it? It's control. How much can we control you? Number one. And the more we control you, the more you take our shots, the more money we make. So it's a twofold equation. And those are the two, I mean, those are the two sticking points. What about the depopulation part, though? Okay. okay. I, that, I mean, they're all on record valid. saying we have too many humans, right? And you look make right it a now. Trifecta. It's a trifecta then. Fine. I was we, reading an we, article. We make money as we kill you. How morbid is that, dude? Rogan has <laughs> been on this thing. Died, right. The more money we make. Well, and because then you, know, you get to go be sick at the hospital, which, oh, by the way, we also have our pockets in all of the companies that supply hospitals with medical supplies and drugs and everything else. So yeah, go be yeah, sick. Yeah, was there. it you was it you that was saying last week to me, like, how does it make sense that they would want to kill everybody? How does the how do the rich get richer if there's less people? Mm, no. made that point to me somebody made that point to me and it's it's the part i can't totally wrestle with other than they're driven by demonic forces and they think they're doing the right thing actually i'll take credit for that that might have been something i said after an ipa i mean i can't really i don't know how to i don't know how to answer it right other than they don't like plebes they don't like the proles right yeah. They don't like the smelly unwashed masses and they've already got their billions. And if they get to like have the whole world to themselves, they'd be perfectly happy with that. It seems. And they're convinced they're doing it all to quote, save the planet from evil humans. Yeah. And and they're going to count their, you know, count their money as we're dying. So they're, they're only going to continue to, you know, exponentially get more wealthy as the population takes their drugs. They definitely, they definitely all of the powers that be that were involved in what happened at a like it's it's crazy to say that the absolute best case scenario about their motivations was that they cared more about money than human lives that's sad but that's that's the best case cuz the worst case is they were killing people on purpose mm. 
right? Because like we've talked about, the ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine thing. I, I, there's no doubt to me that it works. It worked in my body, but leave it aside. Even if it didn't, if it's harmless and there's any hope whatsoever that jumping on a five day course of ivermectin, as soon as you've contracted the virus will spare you from going to the hospital, a drug that's been dosed four and a half billion times over a 40 year period it's considered one of the very safest, most important drugs on the planet, which happens to be a protease inhibitor, which the NIH itself has web has on their website is proven to stop the viral replication of COVID in a Petri dish and is also yeah. the exact same type of mechanism that Paxlovid uses, protease inhibitors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why would you not let people use it? Well, the answer seems to be exclusively because if it works, guess what? You don't get an emergency use authorization for your brand new fa fancy gene editing. Have you seen the new Technology. commercials? Got COVID, Paxlovid. That's the yes. new slogan. Yes. <laughs> the the 30 minutes of my life that I spent watching the Cowboys implode from the opening kick of Sunday's game, I think I saw that stupid effing commercial three times. And then the other commercials were Travis Kelsey, two things at once, Mr. Pfizer. He got paid $17 million for that, by the way. That dude's such a he's slot pathetic. We probably yeah. have to talk about the Cowboys. Yeah, so we're we're texting during the game, and you, you, after the game's over, you're like, "We have to record tomorrow," and I'm like, "Why?" He's like, "Cause I have to kick you in the nuts," and I was like, "No." We both went on and on for like 30 minutes on the last show about how great Dak and CD Lamb are doing. We're not. No one's getting kicked in the nuts here. He's like, "But you're probably beating your kids and yelling at your wife and half drunk by now." Yeah, and I was like. I might be half drunk, but I, I'm just laughing at the TV because this is hysterical. And the answer is everything nice we said about Dak, great. Great regular season QB. Mental midget. He will yes. you they will never win diddly squat with Dak Prescott as the quarterback. Uh, and also McCarthy probably should have been fired yesterday. Like I don't see how he still has a job because he was woefully underprepared. The defense was a joke. And your all-pro quarterback looked like you know he didn't look like a leader of men. He looked like a shell-shocked moron. And what's funny is this, I this that, rant I is the, proof of exactly what I was trying. I called to, the pick this six. This is what I was looking for. The, I called the pick six the before pick it six. happened. I said, "Watch what this." Dak's about to throw a pick six to just go ahead and end this thing. I called that they were going to lose before they ever took possession on the first drive, didn't I? I texted you. I think, you. They, I think the Packers no, no, no. scored I'm their sorry. touchdown, and then you were like, "We're gonna lose." No, and they scored. Like, no, they we'll come back. The 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 Packers scored. They had a we had a what a third and eight that we had stopped, but a damn defensive holding call extended mm -hmm. the drive. Touchdown. How many times have we seen that? Either a penalty destroying the Cowboys or a third and ten conversion. I think there was also a third and ten where he throws a thirty yard strike down the middle of the field to a guy who's standing on the star with nobody around him. That happened over, over and over again. It happens every, it, all it's been happening for 20 something years, dude. They haven't mm -hmm. been able to cover the middle of the field in nut cutting time. And it seems like forever. Did you know but, this was the first time they were the number two seed since uh, like 95? <sighs> they had been the one seed once, I think uh, when they were 13 and three, but, and then Roma was the number one seed also. So I think Dak's rookie year. And then, Romo had a 13 and 3 season and they right. all crapped the bed then. And I don't know why we would have thought any difference. I don't I don't know why I 
was drinking the Kool-Aid. And did I think we were going to the Super Bowl? No. I thought we'd go to San Francisco and go to our first NFC championship and probably get beat by San Francisco. I don't what think we would all have taken that Sunday? as a win. Right? So what happened on Sunday was just So they score. I don't understand it. Right? They march down the field, they score their touchdown. And then on the Cowboys opening possession, we've got third and like eight, right? And Dak drops back. He's got CD open on like a slant or a post for a surefire first down. And he fires the ball a jillion miles an hour off of CD's fingertips. He missed by six inches. CD still should have caught it being that he's CD, but he drops it. And that's when I texted you and said, they're going to lose. And you were like, no, they're not. They're going to win. And three times, three times, you were oh, two times anyway, for sure. Over the course of that first quarter, you kept telling me, "No, they're not. They're gonna." I was like, "I'm gonna. They're gonna lose." I've seen it a million times. Listen, not only did they lose, I was typing I it. Was so right, I can feel their energy, dude. I can oh, feel. Dude. I can feel their energy. Let me I just know. Say this. I didn't moment as I was typing it, but I didn't want to admit what I was watching. <laughs> when I sent it, I felt sheepish. I was like, eh, "I don't really believe what I'm saying here." But one of us has to believe it. <laughs> we can't both say they're gonna. No, no, they. Uh, they I don't have to are... believe lies. They are who they are and have they how who they've always been since right. the triplets. And the truth is, dude, it's not Mike McCarthy's fault. It's not Dak Prescott's fault. It's not C.D. Lamb's fault. All of oh, those. Guys, a lot of it is Dak Prescott's fault. All of so, those he, guys. Bad. I don't. Th- I think that if you had given Dak Prescott to Bill Belichick, or the dude who's running the Niners, or about a half a dozen other, it's not even the. Co- it's not just the coaches. If you had put Dak in a in an environment where excellence is demanded and nothing else is tolerated and only hard work, it, which he, I don't think there's any denying yeah, the dude works hard. Hardy is, which is, which is why I don't no, think he's, I just don't he's think he's having, good dude, enough. He's Troy mentally, used to complain about this, dude. Troy complained about this. He's Troy weak. still complains about this. When Jimmy Johnson was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, that place was hard. It was as hard as the Soviet Union, dude. There was no effing around. Jimmy would cut somebody just to make a point, right? When Jimmy left, the country club culture set in immediately. Barry comes in, and Troy hated it because nobody from Jerry all the way to Troy demanded excellence in there. Yeah. Troy, being that he had two rings, being that he had one of the most talented groups of all time who had been there, done that, Managed to drag Barry Switzer and Jer- Jerry Jones to the Super Bowl anyway. And as I pointed out in my text to you, I'm still pretty convinced Neil O'Donnell deliberately threw those two balls to Larry Brown because he was all by himself in the flat on both of those touchdowns he ran back. Oh, There's, well, then are you, who was he throwing are you convinced that Dak threw that touchdown to the Packers uh, linebacker on purpose? Because that was just as egregious. That was one of the worst in- interceptions. I, you'll I ever have see. to I have to acknowledge first and foremost that so the Dak's NFL on the take may two, very though. well be rigged because it is just sports entertainment, right? The whole thing may be rigged as far as I'm concerned. There's no doubt in my mind that referees rig games in every sport all the time. So is it possible? It's entirely possible. But let's pretend that it's all very legitimate. The point is, ever since Jimmy left, that place has been a country club. And yeah, Dak Prescott is a hardworking guy, but the country club soft BS... I mean, I've talked about this, I think, on the show before, but uh, Jalen Smith, right? Yeah. The linebacker who they drafted after he had turned his knee inside out in, mm-hmm. I think, a national championship game for Notre Dame, right? Yeah. He doesn't play as all as a rookie. Has, I think, what, a lights-out sophomore year. 
they sign him to a 45 million deer dollar deal and then like a year later he's not even in the league anymore and the day they signed him this was right after the star got open the star for anybody who doesn't know is their multi-billion dollar for training facility in frisco texas the fanciest damn place in all of professional american sports right he talked at that press conference about how he signed that deal then, even though if he had duplicated that that second year deal, like the, his performance in year two, if he had done that one more year, he could have hit the free agent market and probably gotten paid twice as much because right. he was playing out of his mind, right? And he's like, I want to take this money now because as a member of the Cowboys, when I'm hanging out here at the Star, the deal flow in our club room, because they, they, like they have like a lounge where billionaires and multimillionaires from all over Dallas-Fort Worth can pay top dollar to come hang out with NFL football players. And then they said so that creates a, something called deal flow, which means like, hey, I'm working on this real estate deal, Jalen. You got any, you, you want to put some skin in it? You want to make some money? Right? Mm. That's awesome for those guys. That's where I'm torn about it. It's like, good for them, dude. They have an owner that does everything he can to cater to these men. You know what you get at the end of the day? 12 and 5 and out of the first round. And out of the playoffs in the first round. Right. Because rinse and repeat. It's like, I mean, if we lose, they're 12 and 5 the last the three years and work on my and work on my portfolio. Well, bottom line is they're not winning with Dak. He's he can't do it. They're not winning with Jerry, dude. That's my point. That's your point. I don't it's not Dak's fault cuz what was wrong with Romo? He couldn't do it either. He won one playoff game. Eh, give me a, which this is also Jerry's fault, and he's 81, so he won't do it. If you tear it down and start over, you know what you get? C.J. Stroud. And they've ne they haven't done that since Troy. They haven't had a top 10 quarterback. But it's not a draft. talent problem, dude. I'm saying it's a culture problem. Mm, culture problem. Ah, dude, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to agree that. I think Dak is a mental midget. He, it's the big game that shell shocks him. Like, I don't I think, think he can. That's because of the environment that he's either in. Either you have it or you what don't. Was, okay, you put, what happened with CD Lamb? You think he's a mental midget? You, you put you sure Aaron didn't Rodgers look like it in, the in that locker room and you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be like, well, in the big games, I'm going to implode because I'm the stars on my helmet. I don't think that's true. I think it's entirely possible. You think Patrick Mahomes no, would have been yeah. like, you think Patrick Mahomes, here's a good comparison, would basically just be Dak Prescott if he got drafted by the Cowboys instead. I, th I think that's he has entirely... no Super Bowls, no MVPs. He's just a dude. I think it's entirely possible, dude. The quarterback, every quarterback in the NFL has the physical talent, right? And every starting yes, quarterback in the NFL is their mental ability. They're, it's they the organization, play. dude. You telling me that if Tom Brady had been drafted by the Detroit Lions, that anybody would know his effing name? I don't know. Come on, dude. Do you think Tom Brady wins? You're six? acting like you think you're acting like Do New you England was Tom this bastion of NFL greatness before he, they never even won a Super Bowl, buddy. Never. They they were the Lions. They they'd been to two and hadn't won one. So don't tell me that you think no. They're basically comparable. New England was is, a NFL wasteland. Is Bill Belichick a great football coach? Sure. How's he done since Tom left? Well, he hasn't had a good quarterback since Tom left. Right. Now, Tom won one in Tampa Bay. I would argue they had a ton of talent around him, and he had certainly learned how to win. My point is they had a great general manager in New England for sure at that point. Yeah, to your point, well, New England had played in two Super Bowls, so they weren't the Detroit Lions. They played in one with uh, Parcells. So played in one in the... And they played in one in the 80s. So they mm. weren't completely bereft of any sort of tradition, but they have an owner 
that stays the F out of the way. They have an organizational structure that brings in talent. And then they have a hard ass Northeastern Boston, Massachusetts mindset of you're expected to be here at 7.30 a.m. even when we got three feet of slow in a nor'eastern last night, no matter what. that They're legendary for that. Would thing, you right? like it, and because you know Jerry is called Belichick, would you like it if a 72-year-old Belichick came here? I mean, dude, I guess, but I don't think it – I don't think he will because he's going to demand way more control than Jerry's – Oh, Jerry turned it all over to Parcells. Remember that Parcells said, "I need to be yeah, able to buy until the he drug a, until he saddled. Uh, he did for a year, and then he saddled Parcells with To, and you know, put a damn nuclear cancer right in the middle of the of the locker room. Damn good. Everybody knows Bill didn't want that deal. But again, To Country Club, perfect fit. And then here's the thing: like from a that's where like from a talent standpoint, the general manager. We used to, you know the ticket has always had that whole. I think it's time for Jerry, the owner, to fire Jerry, the GM. Well, he's not mm -hmm. the GM anymore. He's the GM in name only. Will McClay and Stephen Jones are running the the organization. Thank God, because Jerry wanted to draft uh, Johnny Football over Zach Martin. Right. Jonathan and his Martin. son stepped in there and was like, Jonathan. no. And now we all have of a Hall fame, of fame offensive lineman. Yeah. And you would have drafted Johnny Manziel. Right. But it is to me, as long as he's alive and prowling the halls of these multi-billion dollar palaces that he's built for these guys. I just don't think that, I just don't, I mean, football is a hard ass game, dude. Uh, is it, he can, how is it going to be any different with his son though? His, his son isn't going to, I mean, he's Jerry 2.0. I think Steven takes a different approach to things. I hope, I hope the best uh, I can do is hope. I don't know for sure. I don't think he's Jerry 2.0 because the only, he's the, the only one way, that will step in and say... The only way it gets cleaned up is if you get a hard ass. And it doesn't have to be Bill Belichick. It could be Dan Campbell, like someone like that. But someone... They need a hard it. ass that's truly allowed to be a hard ass, right? Who's allowed to imprint his culture all over the team. They need an owner. They need they need a structure where the first person people go to after the game is the damn head coach because he's the unequivocal leader and the people... The people in the back office stay in the or the front office stay in the front office, right? Mm -hmm. The problem is, you know, uh, there, you yeah, know Robert Kraft became a, a little bit of a name once they'd won like three of those Super yeah. Bowls, but it was still Bill Belichick's. Let me put it this way: Who owns the Niners? I don't know. There you go. Right. Who owns Kansas City? I mean, we know the the, the Hunt Hans, family, right? right? But but you don't ever which, see which one, right? Right. But Bob Kraft became somewhat of a thing. But did anybody ever question who was in charge? No, because here's the deal. Like you're, and this is where you're going. Uh, living here in Dallas, you know what the who whose sound bites are played on the radio all day on Monday after Cowboy game, win or lose, Jerry's, Jerry, everywhere, Jerry. Right. What did Jerry say? Right. Who the, you right. know what? Who the hell cares what Jerry said? Right. What did the quarterback and what did the coach say? What did the general manager say? Yeah, your basketball coach or basketball owner has the same damn problem. The only reason that guy's got a ring is because a man named Dirk Nowitzki just decided, F everybody, I'm not losing this year. Mm, I don't know. I don't know that. I mean, I don't know if I can concede that, but I, I don't know. They made the playoffs every year for whatever it was. Yeah, and what have the Cowboys or... done? They make the playoffs. They've made the playoffs in the last, since the Romo era two out of every three seasons, I would say, right? 
Uh, my biggest problem with Cuban was just what he. Yeah, you're right. No, he he didn't surround, but he was also not the GM. Donnie Nelson was during Dirk's prime, and he didn't surround Dirk with enough talent. Like he just didn't wasted his prime. You're right. Dirk won, but despite the Mavericks that year, they got a bunch of veterans that were like, "This is our last shot," and they did it. Led by right. Dirk. I guess my point is just that if your owner is the most recognizable person in your franchise, you've got problems. Yeah. Well, it's a shame and kind of, uh, like I said, blindsided. I think all of Cowboy Nation because we were, uh, I totally expected to go to the NFC Championship, like I said. So to have another guy example. who's making his first playoff start come in and rake you over the coals like that. And oh God, the Packers did it again. They went from Favre to Rodgers to Jordan Love. Mm, so I have an important theory on all of that. What I have seen in 42 years of, well, 30 years as a football fan, is the franchises that that know when to put a quarterback out to pasture right before he's on the back end of his prime, they can continue to sustain greatness. You just said it right. Favre was... Un, like, do you remember how good he was in, in in Minnesota when he jumped ship and went to Minnesota? I think he had one of the best years of his career. Oh, dude, yeah, they went to the NFC Championship. They they right. destroyed the Cowboys. He was in the on that year. fire. And but what did they do? Three years before he even got to that point, was they drafted Aaron Rodgers when he fell in their lap at like number twenty five, right? Is they let these guys sit and develop? They found, nobody else does that. They make they throw you first round pick. Boom, you're in. You're in. They go out and they get a quarterback and they groom him. They do it right when they know that we're at the point with this guy where we need to be prepared for the next decade, right? What did the Cowboys not have the day that Troy retired? They did not have that guy. They had nobody. They, they stumbled into it with Dak at the tail end of the Romo career, who they got in a you know in the fourth round on a total right. flyer, and who just happened to you know Romo got hurt, he took it over. From what I can tell, they don't have that guy on the roster right now. Dak's no, getting pretty don't. long in the tooth, right? But yeah, so to your point, what'd they do with Love? They go draft a quarterback, Love, who I didn't think was going to make it, but damn, he looked pretty freaking good. And apparently ever since, what, week seven, he's been... Him like, and Dak were the best two quarterbacks the right. second half of the season. He's been on fire. His accuracy is better than I expected. Um, you know, he's a big strapping dude. But yeah, they were like, hey, Aaron, um, you become a little noisy. You're real expensive. Go to your high yeah, Alaska trips what? in the, New York. You know, he, Tears his ACL, yeah, tears his Achilles, like, first game of the season, right? Same thing happened, though, like, with the Steve Young, um, Joe Montana okay. transition, right? 49ers said, hey, Joe, we're ready to move with the young guy. Joe went on to Kansas City and had a couple of more pretty solid years in him. You know, mm -hmm. the Niners went to four straight NFC championships and a Super Bowl championship, right? I think, I think Patrick Mahomes set his first year behind Alex Smith. Yeah, who was on fire there at the, at, at, in Kansas yeah, City? But, there, the, but Alex Smith was basically Dak Prescott. Like he, they kept going to the playoffs and they kept losing. But like the point he is, won. he was a number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. I think he played Super the talented. last game or two of his rookie season. Mahomes did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. What I don't. Got to do, here's, man. Here's what I think. You They're not going to win top. with Dak. So he has one year left on his contract. Don't re-sign him. Figure it, figure it out. They the would draft. be wise to use their top pick this year on a developmental quarterback. 
let Dak ride next year, maybe give him one franchise tag, and then move on. I would say that. And I'm a guy who has been a Dak fan since day one. But I I looked at my Dak Prescott jersey and honestly thought about burning it. <laughs> Not because I hate Dak, but because I was like, well, I, how can I ever wear this again? Like, how can you be proud to wear number four? Like, oh, 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 gross. Uh, well, to get the taste out of our mouth, um, we went to the Dallas Stars game last night, my kids' first ever Stars game, and my uh, South African PH buddies that were in town for the DSC show. Uh, we sat in one of the guys that goes to Africa with me, his his uh, father-in-law's suite. Jeff, thank you for that. My kids loved it. He bought them Dude. hockey sweaters. You know how expensive those things are? I'm sure really $120 a piece. And he yeah. just shows up with this bag, and he's like, here, you decide which kid gets which player. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I was like, dude, you didn't need to do that. They That's wore those things to school today, so we might have just created a bunch of new hockey fans. <laughs> I, dude, live hockey is probably the most fun thing to watch. Man. The seats did not suck. It was awesome. Live hockey is badass. Very enjoyable. So thanks yeah. again, Jeff. Shout out there. Um, well, I think that is going to do it. Oh, no, 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 no. I got one clip for you. It's who said that. We're going to end on a, on a high here, and you're going to tell me who this is visiting with Tucker Carlson. What's the most number of those you've consumed at once? Oh, I can drink <laughs> 40 of these in a day. Easily. How many? 40, easily. 40? Yeah. He's talking about beers. I've sat with him when I drank three bottles of vodka. <laughs> Confirmed. Back in the day, it was like three bottles of Jack Daniels or Crown, but since I got cancer, I went to vodka and went to the clear shit. So. Just because healthier. Just yeah. keeping it healthy. Yeah, yeah. I know keeping what you mean. I mean that- <laughs> Who said that? Uh, I don't have a clue. John Daly. <laughs> <laughs> nice and the person commenting that said i can confirm that was kid rock who was smoking a cigar in the other chair <laughs> well, at least That's john's funny. staying healthy he drinks 40 beers a day and got off of the jack daniels so good for him and it's amazing to me how much human beings can vary mm-hmm. you know like obviously lebron james is a different creature than you or i right I, my whole, I, I, I would feel so bad, just be, just like, uh, just so dysfunctional. If I was consuming a quarter of that on a daily basis, I used to drink a couple beers every night for a long, long time. And I can tell you when I look back at that stage of my life, it wasn't doing me well. I'm not saying that John Daly's in any kind of good shape, but just how does it not kill him? <laughs> right. Like, what he, he just scrambled up around? Like, how does planet? it not kill him? Like, plus he, he smokes multiple packs of cigarettes a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some uh, some people's bodies can endure some. Here's to your health, problems. John. That yeah. is going to do it for episode 158 of Justified Pursuit for Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in. We'll run it back next week. They call it swing lube in the golf world. I always thought it was swing juice. Swing grease? Juice. No, grease. When the rifles fire, whatever. (laughs) There was seven Spanish angels at the altar of the sun. They were praying.